Welcome to the Next Level Leadership Small Business Owner Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Vizanar. In this podcast, you'll learn the strategies, processes, and mindset to take you, your teams, and your organization to the next level. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ben Wiesenall, and I am super excited about today's episode. And if you are a business owner, entrepreneur, or thinking about starting a business, then this episode is going to excite you too. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Marty Park. Marty is an expert in entrepreneurship and business performance. He's a coach, consultant, keynote speaker, and the author of the best-selling book, Tiger by the Tail, 99 Secrets to Tame and Master Your Business. Now, this episode is chalked full of useful content. And with that, Let's listen in on the interview. Marty, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. Ben, it's great to be here. I appreciate the time. Awesome. Well, Marty, for our listeners that don't know who you are and what it is that you do, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and the type of work that you do. Sure. Yeah, uh, I would describe myself as a serial or chronic entrepreneur. Um, I started my first company when I was 21. I started a software company, told my parents I was dropping out of college. Um, You can imagine how that went over. but I uh, yeah, started a software company, thought I'd be retired in a year, uh, realized running a business is a lot more complicated than I thought, and uh, I think that's the experience of most entrepreneurs. Um, but I've gone on to run 13 companies in six different industries, uh, ranging from marketing advertising to restaurants and bars to audio production, furniture, uh, as I mentioned, software. Um, and yeah, and, and one of the companies I've had over the course of now the last 18 years um, has a, is a coaching and training company. And so we have sort of expanded that. And really, we, our focus is established entrepreneurs and people who are really have been courageous, started a business, and are now sort of in the eye of the storm or in the thick of it. And, uh, yeah, we, we generally help them with strategy all the way down to execution so that things change in their business so that the business comes back to serving them as an owner, uh, which is a concept that so many entrepreneurs dive into their business giving to their customers, giving to their staff, giving to everybody, and forget that, you know, a good business should also be serving them. Well, there's one thing you, you kind of failed to mention. You also have a best-selling book as well, do you not? I, I do, actually. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah, I, <laughs> I uh, last, last fall uh, produced a book. Uh, well, actually, I wrote it uh, over a number of years. Uh, called Tiger by the Tail, 99 Secrets to Tame and Master Your Business. And the idea behind that actually came about from years and years of coaching and also running my own companies. But clients would start to say things like, well, how do you know that? And how come my accountant has never told me that? Well, how did you figure that out? And I started to write down those little things on a post-it note here and there and eventually started to realize, like, this is this list is becoming pretty significant. And so I really took the approach of, you know, started writing the book, and eventually got to that place of saying, okay, if I could give people, the number became like, geez, I bet I could hit 100 one day. And so I settled at 99 and uh, tried to cover everything from managing yourself to sales ideas, marketing ideas, but something that if I went back 20 years and was in the start of my first business that I would say, God, what things do I wish somebody would tell me now to save me some of that pain? And that's really where the book came from, was that to help, um, as the name implies, Tiger by the Tail, 
a business owner who's got a business that's maybe got away from them or got way bigger than they ever expected it to, and uh, and they need some concrete ideas they can implement in their in their operations. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that, but before we do, I, I want to I want to rewind for a second. You talked about thought you'd be retired in a year. I I, I had my first uh, business when I was a teenager, and I thought the same thing. I think we all do. It's like you know what? By the time I'm 25, I'll be I'll be living on an island somewhere, and it'll just be great. And uh, that's not how it goes, right? Um, I wish someone would have told me a few things. And it's funny that you, you, you talk about you know, sort of how you came to write the book. I'm actually, I've got four chapters left uh, in the book that I'm currently writing, and it's very similar. It's sort of a book to a younger version of me of, you know, if, if when I started out my business, what did I want to know? What was my biggest hurdles and challenges? And it's, that's kind of the book I'm writing this book sort of towards the, the younger small business entrepreneur version of myself uh, to help Beautiful. those that – that, that are jaded like we all were when we were in our early 20s and trying to start a business and thinking, you know, it's going to be easy, the money's going to roll in, and uh, it's, it's not going to be a problem. And you find out within about, you know, two weeks that it's not as easy as you thought it was. So, um, you, you know, Ben, you that, touched let's, on let's something talk. important. Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, you, I, I was going to say, you touched, on a, you touched on a great point there that uh, you get into the business and you're sort of blissfully ignorant uh, about what's, what you've gotten into. And I think a lot, one of the things I touch on in the book early on, and I start with this, is actually the, the mindset of the entrepreneur. And that so many people think, I must be doing it wrong and everybody else is doing it right because they don't seem to have any problems, you know, when you pass their storefront or you see what's going on on their website or their social media. But I would say that if you really feel, you know, you've got stressed, you've got all these different moving pieces and parts, you are in exactly the right place. That is what the entrepreneur game is about, and that you are actually doing it right. That, uh, and you probably know this too, there's lots of people that you admire, and then you find out that maybe the way they're running their business is no better than you, that I really stress the idea of um, almost being a little more gentle with yourself as an entrepreneur, that you've bitten off something much bigger than most people uh, that just have a job have. You have to become an expert in sales and marketing, finance, administration, people management, all these different areas that it's going to push you as a person way beyond any job. And, uh, you know, if you, when you dive into that deep end of the pool, uh, one of the things I talk about and I really try to stress right out of the gate is what, where does your mindset need to be and what things do you need to be considering uh, to make sure you're successful? Uh, and one of them is really that idea of recognizing like, hey, apparently this is exactly where it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be waking up in the middle of the night stressed about payroll or I'm, you know, that is typical. Uh, and it doesn't make you a bad entrepreneur. It makes you uh, uh, an aware one. That is a really great point. And I actually was, I was taking some notes earlier when you were talking, and, and I wrote, this is, this is my notes. I wrote down, I messed a lot of things up. And uh, people talk about, and you just kind of touched on it, it really it drives that point home, that when you start a small business, you know, people ask me all the time, how did you learn so much? And I think you talked a little about that. And, and I tell everybody, I learned all these things because I messed a lot of things up. And yeah. that is really, I hate to say it, there's no instruction manual to be an entrepreneur. I mean, there's books out there and there's courses you can take. But at the end of the day, there really is no perfect system. No, there's no book on how to be an entrepreneur uh, that's going to get you past all the hurdles easily. right? Re read and educate yourself and, and become a better version, and that's, that's what, what your book speaks to. Um, but at the end of the day, like you said, there's going to be some pain. And if you think it's going to be easy, you're fooling yourself. There, you know, owning your own business is, a, is a, tough, a tough gig. It absolutely is, yeah. And, and 
while it can be a bit of a painful ride, I, I also speak to the idea of embracing it. You know, you've picked this path um, instead of beating yourself up. I mean, give yourself credit for the things that are going right. And I think, you know, as a weekly uh, ritual, that's I'm a big fan of scheduling for entrepreneurs, not necessarily from the perspective, well, not necessarily what I mean is, you know, every 9 o'clock, every, I've got a 10 o'clock, I've got booking yourself like your schedule is a blackout bingo card. But I love that I always stress in the book and otherwise with all my clients that Monday morning should really be some time to plan your week, plan your time, reflect on the things that are important to the business that need to be addressed, the things that are important to you as an individual, you know, which could mean planning date night uh, for an entrepreneur during the week. But I also love the idea that at the end of the week, one of the great rituals to close with is to actually go through and say, what did we accomplish this week? And you can do it with your team as a bit of a, I used to, in my marketing agency, we used to have uh, beer o'clock, which was three o'clock on Friday. And we would, people couldn't leave. We would sit around the boardroom table. And one of the things we did was celebrate all the things we got accomplished, campaigns we pushed out, uh, good results. Uh, but that was a great ritual, and I started doing that as a bit of a journaling exercise for myself just to come back to while I have a to-do list that's a thousand things long still, um, i got to take time as an entrepreneur to also appreciate, man, I make a, a lot of – I get a lot of things done every week, way more than the average person, and i get got to celebrate that a little Beer o'clock. I used to work, and I'm just going to tell a little story here. Um, we, I used to work for a very large organization, and we had a very similar process. And you almost can't do that anymore, right? I mean, everybody's so, so afraid of being sued. Um, really, only entrepreneurs and small businesses can afford to do that. But I worked for a very large company, and that was, that was really a great part of the, the week because you got to talk about the, the pros and cons, the, the wins and the losses. And, and then just sort of leave it there on Friday afternoon, and, and, it, and it's there when you get back on Monday, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I found that people get so busy these days in bigger companies, but also in a small company. You might only have five or ten people that work in your, your, your organization. But we're so busy every day and oftentimes at our desk or in our electronic media. You know, we're, we're dealing with emails all day. We're, we're back and forth with people. We really lose that connection. And I found that in developing our team, that bringing everybody together to wrap up the week also created, really strengthened our culture and just reconnected people that they left on at the end of the week, and it felt more like a team. You know, if you'd asked me on a, a early end of day Wednesday or beginning of Thursday while everybody was running around, you lose sight of that team and the connectedness and the, the fun it is to work with people. But, yeah, uh, Friday beer o'clock always brought that back around. So it had great personal value, but also just to relax, but also great value from a team and culture perspective. Well, and, and I think that's uh... – that's something we probably ought to dig into. I think a lot of small business owners, and I've talked about it on previous podcasts, and it's, it's uh, actually part of, the, part of my book as well. It may be um, something you talk about here in a minute, but uh, people don't realize the hats a business owner has to wear or an entrepreneur, hat, excuse me, an entrepreneur has to wear, and they get lost in some of that. And you really do have to be a marketing person, a salesperson, and all those things, and they tend to forget that you also have to be really great at team building well, you're not going to have much of a business unless you just happen to own a business where you can run it totally 100%. You're it, no, you know, like a coaching or consulting type business. But even that, at some point, you still you need a team, right? They always forget yeah. your team team part. Like you, you, you can't. Have, there's not many organizations that don't have people that are required to make that thing function. And uh, we forget about that as small business owners. Not about it. Yeah, I have a good friend who's an entrepreneur, and he uh, he always jokes that his ideal business is a coin-operated car wash. 
And he says, you know, I only got to have one guy to go collect the change. Now that's a little overstated, you know, a little simplified, but, uh, yeah, you're the real assets of every business go home at night. And, um, you know, I have a good friend who runs an auto body shop and he was telling me yesterday about how he has employees who have perfect attendance for as many as 27 years. Um, but they have been able to do that. So he is, uh, they do have a little bonus program and a recognition program for perfect attendance. But can you imagine how many people have had perfect attendance for 27, 25, 24 years, like so many of his employees? But he says every single week, um, myself and my managers make a point of what do we need to do for our people? And so their, their focus on people actually comes back to them in productivity and comes back to them in low turnover and, uh, uh, he said, you know, we've always focused on people, and he has grown to be the largest independent auto body shop in North America. Wow. Well, and I, I've said it before, and, and I'm sure you've heard it as well. You know, take care of your people. They'll take care of your business. They'll take care of your customers. And yes. uh, a, lot of, a lot of businesses forget about that. So well, let's, let's dig in a little bit. So I know we talked a little bit before the call about, you know, learning things the hard way, and, and of course I mentioned I messed things up, but your, your, your book is spot on with the 99 um, issues. T- give us, obviously we can't go over all 99 of them in, in the depth of the show here, but give us maybe your top four or five that you think really kind of can make or break a business, um, or at least not, maybe, maybe, not, maybe that's maybe too, too serious of a, of a phrase, but the top four or five you think that are kind of important that people really need to focus on and, and work on as, as a small business owner. Sure, absolutely, Ben. I think uh, the way I wrote the book was that each one is uh, is only about three or four pages long to try and get to the, the gist of it because, as you know, most business owners don't have two or three hours a day to be reading material. Uh, but I, I, I took it and I looked across the business and, and I had written the book to an entrepreneur I knew and she was a great business owner but lacked a little bit of confidence, didn't really believe she was doing a good job a lot of the time, uh, even though I thought she was. But I thought, her name is Carrie, and I thought, boy, what, what are the things in every area of the business that I would talk about with Carrie? And, and I'll give you an example. One of them, a big focus of the book early on is uh, sales. And I say that everything goes better in a business when people are focused on selling. Not only the business owner, but everybody in the organization has a different social circle, and everybody needs to at least know the elevator speech for the business. You know, you can't have somebody where I say, Ben, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm an insurance and that's it. That, that's not uh, a way that, you know, you're gonna, you have the ability with everybody in the company to be representatives and selling salespeople. And so I think that everybody in the company has the ability to spend even 15 minutes a day focused on what can we be selling and promoting within the business. Because when sales works and there's a constant focus on sales, it continues to go up. What you focus on grows. And so I think that's, that's one of the first things I like to focus on. And, and stress with people. Whenever we go into a client's business, we often find that they have a pipeline of old prospects and opportunities with existing clients, and it just needs some follow-up. And there is so much uh, revenue and so much business just sitting in that CRM they have or their database or the folders of clients. So the first place I say, if you're not, instead of having to go to the market and think about cold calling, Go back to every client. Go back to grabbing lunch with people once a week, um, but doing things that are business development activities and, and asking your team to do the same thing. Uh, you know, the delivery guy for a lot of companies is the best representative to be able to pick up the next sale. So educate those delivery guys 
on, hey, here's opportunities and here's what you should be looking for while you're making deliveries. Uh, so, you know, that sales is for me is always one of the push points because when a business is selling well, it gives you cash flow, it gives you life. Um, I'll give you another great example of uh, what I think is practical uh, tools and tips. Uh, I run, I have a chapter called uh, Beverage Management Meetings. And I don't know, Ben, if you maybe in your previous life, you sh- everybody comes to a meeting and everybody's got their coffee or a water and you realize that everybody is generally there to worry about their coffee or water, but nobody's brought notes, nobody's prepared. They're just there to kind of listen to the speech that the boss or the manager is going to give. And, and so I say it's a beverage management meeting. And to turn those meetings, and I give some specific steps on how to uh, make it a functional, effective meeting. Uh, but I really want to make sure that if you're wasting time, and most meetings are a waste of time, but if you're wasting time in a meeting, you've got to be able to turn around and have everybody engaged, keep it short, but um, get them prepared, getting them doing homework, getting them doing presentations in a meeting. So all of a sudden, um, you know, there, there's just so many things that transition it from being a passive activity to something that really invigorates your team. And, uh, you know, another on the finance side, one of the other things I'd mention is and you've probably seen this over and over again yourself, um, clients who uh, run the bank account to zero. And what I mean by that is they might have great cash flow, so they may have forty, fifty, dollars $100,000 a month that flows into their company bank account, but then they often have forty, fifty, dollars 100000 that flows out. And so, so often I see people get a big check-in for $75,000, and the next day 74500 is flown back out, and they're back, their bank account as a company is back to next to zero. And so I'm a big fan of never leave the bank account at zero. As you get money in, mm-hmm. recognize that some of that has to stay here so that, A, as an entrepreneur, you sleep better at night. You're always going to have some payables. So if there's an extra couple thousand that sits in your account so it eases your stress, um, and some, you know, you've got to be able to pay one more invoice next week. But there's ways to manage money like that, and I find that, entrepreneurs are so quick to make sure everybody else is paid, their team, uh, their vendors, uh, and yet if it means that their bank account's at zero, that they don't get their paycheck as the owner, uh, I really stress the idea that we've got to learn to, to use our cash flow a little bit differently and, and honor the person who's really important in the business, which, of course, is the owner. If they're not there, yeah. uh, most small and medium businesses just don't run. Yeah. Pay yourself first, so those, right? Those, yeah, that's right. It really is a great rule, and I know it's difficult to do when cash is tight. But um, So th- there's a variety of – I mean, I do touch on culture. I mean, one, maybe the last area that I touch on is, is owner management. And by owner management, I really mean, you know, how do you manage yourself? I'm a huge advocate, having been that workaholic in the past who uh, didn't look after his health as well, was stressed, that with most of my owners, I really want them to have an entourage of people that support them whether that be a personal trainer or just a friend that they can work out with, having a, a chiropractor, a massage therapist, um, uh, just you know, a financial advisor. I mean, all these people around you that should be supporting you as a business owner. So one of the things I talk about in owner management is who's in your entourage. Now, maybe not like a rock star where you've got you know, your stylist, but although really for a lot of business people, maybe having a stylist is, is important too. Uh, but I love the idea that as a business owner, you need a support network personally and professionally, and that entourage are the help people that are going to support you and help you be successful. So those are some of the kind of a broad uh, sprinkle of the ideas and some of the things I touch on in the book. So that would be just three of 99 secrets.
And they're they're all, man. I mean, I want to dig into some of these, and I I got a feeling we will have to have you back because uh, just these two or three topics could could eat up an hour or two easily. And like you said, you have ninety nine of them. Um, but I think to, to rewind a minute, sales. Uh, and I think it was uh, Henry Ford that said, "Nothing happens till something is sold." And I don't care what kind of business you have. That's absolutely true. And I do see a lot of organizations, and I use the delivery driver guy, and I use that same example quite often. He's the guy who probably interacts with your customers more than anybody else. But we don't hold him to the same standard, right, when we talk about dress code and appearance and knowing what's going on in the organization, right? Um, so sadly, sometimes that person who interacts with your customers the most is the one who has the least amount of information about what's going on in the organization when customers ask them questions, right? So You're absolutely right. I think that that's a great call out. Uh, beverage meetings, I think that's hilarious. I, that, is so, that is so on point. I can't tell how many times, and I'm guilty of it too, I, I make sure I got me a water before I get into the meeting, but I forget a pen and a paper, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Uh, financing, I know uh, I've had Mike McCallops on the show previously, obviously, the author of Profit First. And, um, yeah, you know, I know Mike. Yeah, I know. I, I, he endorsed your book, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, that's right, he did. Yeah, so a lot of... Uh, a lot of businesses, uh, especially small businesses, and it's because they don't really know, I think, uh, all the ins and outs of marketing taxes and, and cash flow and management. But they do that. I see them time and time again. They say, you know, help me, I'm broke. Well, how much did you, you know? How much did you sell in the last six months? Well, you know, four hundred thousand dollars. How did you sell four hundred thousand dollars worth of product in six months and have no money in the bank? It's, right. It's crazy. But you know, it's it's mind blowing. Yeah. Ben, I'll give you a good example. Uh, when I used to run a restaurant with my uh, former business partner. Uh, she's a very good longtime friend of mine. And uh, uh, we used to have it where we would have $250,000 a month flow in and out of the bank account. And every time I suggested we got to start to carve money off to save some money, she said, well, we just can't afford it. We just don't have any money. And so I literally started at taking, scraping off $20 a week into a separate bank account. So, of course, when you're doing that kind of cash flow of $250,000 a month, $20 is nothing. You don't even notice it. And then I increased it to $40 a week. And then I increased it to $60 a week. And I, as much as I wanted to jump it to 200 I was like, no, I've got to make it sort of invisible. But the first time she asked about, well, how much is in that other account? You know, I was able to say, well, there's $5,600 there. She was like, $5,600, where did you get that from? I said, well, that's what's happened. And it, it took a very little amount of time. But yeah. I say it because I think a lot of us as owners feel that pressure to, when you start to talk about pay yourself first, that it's got to be a you know, $10,000 check or something really significant. And I found that to break the belief system you have, sometimes those really small steps, like $20 a month, when I, when I showed it to my business partner and we went through it, and she said, well, $5,600, that's good. And she then said, well, we should increase what we're putting aside every week. And it's it flipped it around. So I, I, and that was my own personal experience in our business, and it just reinforced for me that this idea, for all of us as owners and and uh, entrepreneurs, that yeah, you've got to, if you can't take a regular paycheck, you've got to find a way to still be pulling money out of the business because if you don't use it, boy, something else will. Oh man, yeah. There's always another emergency or another fire somewhere, um, and and I'm going to show my inner nerd, but I say it all the time. It's from pop culture, as we all know, is you know, winter is coming. Right? It might be one year, six years, ten years down the road, but it's coming, you know. Yes. Um, it, just, it may take a few seasons to get here, but winter is coming, and I don't care what type of business owner you are and how great you are and how 
perfect you think your business is, something is going to happen, and you need to have money to fix it, most of your problems, right? Um, but all that really comes back to the thing you started out when you first started talking, uh, we started having this interview, was about the mindset. Like all of those issues we just discussed, really it all starts with mindset, right? It's so true. And you know what, I, I think maybe you could echo this, but I didn't understand that. I really felt like the business for me was all about tactics. And even when I began my coaching and advising work with people, I thought, well, we'll just dive into the tactics. But you start to realize that if the business owner has a problem with procrastination, that nothing gets done in the business on time. But trying to fix the business without fixing the mindset of the owner around procrastination and how he or, he, he or she feels and thinks about time is sort of pointless. It's not, it doesn't, it's not sticky. And so I really have come back to this idea that before anything happens in the business, it is conceived in the business owner's mind or the limitations we're going to put on the business are limitations that are in the business owner's mind. And the number of times I've heard people say, well, you can't do that. I just, in fact, dealing with a small law firm, uh, had that with the partners. I said, we need to raise all the prices. Well, no, you can't. And that was before we talked to any customer. That was before we did any comparison and I showed them the rates at some of their competitors. And I thought, it's interesting how they've already shut down the opportunity to increase their prices and make more money. And it is something solely based on a belief in their mind. And that's really where the business starts. Yeah, they had they already made the decision for you and had a conversation about it. Um, and and, and yeah. you are right. I, I am very, very guilty uh, in almost all of my businesses. I hate to say it. Even, even now I struggle with, you know, everything's in the mind. It's all a belief system. And uh, some of my successes and failures, I can I can – rewind it all back and say all of it was directly influenced by my mindset at that particular time. 100%. I absolutely agree. No about Same it. with my experience. And I, and I see it in, in some of the people that I coach and that I consult with, uh, kind of the same thing. They always, they come to you for a, for a strategy or a tactic. And it's, uh, you know, the, the old saying, you know, you know, a new strategy is not going to fix what got us here. Like we've got to fix some of the, some of the you in the problem before we get into all the other things because uh, a strategy that you don't believe in or that you get behind or that you even believe is going to you know, fix the problem is not going to get you from point A to point B. It's absolutely true. And, and I yeah. love the – I have an Australian friend, and he uses the uh, phrase, and I always thought this was applicable. He says a business owner uh, – a fish stinks from the head down. So he said to the business owner, listen, when you look at your organization, you have to be able to look at that fish and know that if it's, if there's a smell or it stinks, it starts with you. And I think for the business owner, um, yeah, it really does start with that mindset. So, you know, the awareness and the exercise of just thinking that through. Yeah. The the fish stinks (laughs) from the head down. (laughs) I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to totally steal that. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's, that is awesome. Um, but, yeah, it, it starts with, with the owner, no doubt about it. Um, Marty, we're kind of wrapping up here. Before we go, is there anything else that you, you want to bring up or discuss or maybe something we glazed over that you want to touch on before we leave? Um, I, I think the idea that anybody who's running a business, I want them to feel empowered, that uh, there's people out there like you or me uh, who really want to see entrepreneurs succeed. And some of that is – uh, experience that we have that you can pass along to people. Some of it is tactical and strategy, um, but a big piece of it is also the support of just knowing there's somebody in your corner. 
And I do talk about that you need to have somebody you can depend on when other people don't understand what it's like to be running a business, that you've got somebody you can reach out to by phone or email or uh, messenger and be able to say, hey, I'm really struggling today with this. And they can be that person to boost you up. I have a very good friend uh, named Dominic, and Dom is a longtime uh, entrepreneur. And uh, I mentioned him a couple times in my book. And he is a guy that I can go to and one day say, hey, I'm going to buy a jet. And he says, that is fantastic, man. He never undercuts my dreams. But I can also phone him and say, and I have a cash problem today that is huge, and here's what's going on. And he can say, hey, you know what? You're doing everything. Tell me what you're – he can walk me through it and talk me through it. And I can hang up the phone after even five minutes with him, and I, I've got that support. So I think for entrepreneurs out there and your listeners that they understand there's no shortage of people that can help them grow the business and, and improve it. Um, operationally, but also that they can, they're not on the journey of entrepreneurship alone. Amen on that one. Uh, and you talked a little bit about that, obviously, as well, when you talked about owner management, you know, who's, who's supporting you. There's a network out there. Um, and there's someone else out there, uh, to kind of piggyback that, that's probably going through, through some of the same struggles and problems that you're going through. And they may need someone to talk to, or you can bounce ideas off of. You know, there's, we live in such a social and virtual world these days that there's really no excuse for not finding support you need, right? It's true. Uh, I have a coach who helps me in my business, uh, and he's in Australia. He's in Brisbane, Australia, so he's a world away, and yet uh, thanks to technology, and he is right there on my computer screen every second week. Awesome. That's, that's fantastic. I'm glad you found that person. Um, Marty, before we go, obviously, is there, where um, – excuse me – where – uh, if, our, if our listeners want to reach out to you, where can they find a little bit more about you and, and the work that you do? And, of course, obviously, where can they pick your book up at? Sure. Uh, well, the book's available on Amazon uh, all over the world. Um, it's in different bookstores. Uh, uh, I've finished the audio book, and it comes out on Audible next week. Um, but they can find out more about me at just my, uh, email, my web address, which is uh, my website, www.martypark.com. And, uh, or they can go to uh, tigerbythetailbook.com. Um, but, yeah, if you do a Google search on Marty Park, you can find me. And then my, uh, my Twitter and Instagram handle is the Marty Park. Uh, and, yeah, those are all the different ways to reach out to me. I'm, I'm easy to find. Awesome. I'll make sure I'll put all of those links in the show notes for our listeners that are driving. We don't want you crashing. So don't worry. Just check the show notes out, and we'll have all those links uh, for you guys. Marty, can't say enough. Thank you so much for joining us today. And this has been great. I appreciate the conversation and really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the heck out of it as well, and we'll definitely have to have you back. There's so much that we really just didn't get into as deep as I'd love to. Uh, and we've got, what, 95 or 94 more, more topics to touch on. So we'll have to have you uh, maybe, maybe make it a monthly series. You know, we'll, have, we'll talk <laughs> the Marty that. Park show. You know, you know well, <laughs> and, and this show is really, it really is directed towards entrepreneurs and small business owners. And, and uh, as we talked about, there's just there really is just so much that people don't know. They have a great idea, and they fall in love with their darlings, as they say, or their babies, and they just really don't know what they're getting into. And I think your book uh, can kind of steer them around some of those tough corners that they're going to come up against at some point. So That was my motivation uh, thank for you, writing ben. it, was that they would find okay. that. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And, uh, and to all our listeners, I hope that you learned at least one thing today that will help take you to the next level. Hey, 
Hey, thanks for listening today. For more episodes, make sure to click the subscribe button below and check out our blog for other impactful information that might be of interest to you at vizanaconsulting.com forward slash blog. That's Vizana, V as in victory, E-Z-I-N-A, consulting.com slash blog. If you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at vizanaconsulting.com. That's podcast at vizanaconsulting.com. I'm your host, Ben Vizanaw, and I'll see you next time on the Next Level Leadership and Small Business Owner Show.